good facilitating, Pete. You're so good at that. Thanks. It's yeah, you were really good at that. Yeah, you're really good at that, Pete. You're so good. <laughs> so, okay. All of that. Uh, the bestest. So the, the, where is it? <laughs> Movies, TV, Blu-rays. If somehow you're consuming it on the screen with your eyes, then you'll hear it on Scene and Nerd. Here are the hosts of Scene and Nerd, Casey, Pete, and Matt, with a little help from Casey Franco. Welcome to uh, a very special episode of Scene and Nerd. We're doing the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. season finale recap. Uh, and it was a big one. Two-hour season finale. Um, I'm your host, Pacing Pete. Uh, joining with me on this episode is Miss Lauren Galloway. Hello. Miss Amy Marie. Hey, uh. And Mr. Andy B. How's it going? I'm getting a <laughs> How's, How's it going? For reals. Oh, that was good. And and I'm sure you've heard them before. You've heard them all together on the Flash podcast, or you've heard Amy and Lauren on Assembly of Geeks. Uh, they were happy enough to join us for this big talk of the season finale recap. Let's get into it. Um, man, two hours. That, that was really cool because you can you can either pack a lot into one hour or you can expand it in two. And, and they certainly did. We got to see the fallout of, of the Gonzalez death with uh, happening via Sky's mom. Uh, Lauren, what did you think of her plot to completely turn everyone against, uh, all the Inhumans against S.H.I.E.L.D.? Sky's mom. Okay. The two people that surprised me the most in the finale were definitely Sky's mom, Jaying, and Sky's dad, Cal, which we'll probably get into later. But just talking about Jaying, this whole time, she had me completely fooled. I was sympathetic to her. I felt bad for her, for what Whitehall did to her. I thought, okay, you know, she's a pretty peaceful lady. She's trying to protect the Inhumans. Oh my God. Gosh, that lady is crazy. I was just, I was completely shocked at everything she did. And the fact that she not only killed Gonzalez, but then stole a shield plane to blow up the building to cover up the evidence of his body. That was so cold and so calculated. And it was just, it was gnarly to watch Sky finally realize that her mom was actually a really bad person. Yeah, she was super evil. I mean, she took out Reyna right in front of Sky, and that was just—I mean, Amy, what did you think about about the show losing some, a character like Reyna? I've never liked flowers, um, so I didn't mind. But uh, you know, here's what's interesting: I love that Reyna knew she was going to die. She knew that it served a purpose that ultimately was going to further Sky's hatred of her mom. Which, and her mom was trying to protect the Inhumans, and her mom was the one who saved Reyna and who helped her develop her gift. So it's very interesting for me to see the fact that Reyna basically let herself be killed to convince Skye that her mom was evil when Jaying was the person who saved Reyna. And so I thought that was a little bit of an interesting twist, and it kind of, you know, it shows you really where Reyna's loyalties lie. Um ish except for i don't know i keep thinking that reyna's actually not dead somehow and that she's somehow still alive um because she is a huge manipulator 
And so I would be, I would not at all be surprised if somehow she was able to survive that knife cut and is still alive or has like magic regenerative powers. Now, um, Andy, what did you think of Cal completely deciding to go against uh, Jaing? And, and, you know, I mean, was it, do you think it was Coulson completely talked him into it in that scene where, he had him pinned up against the wall with the car and just, you know, I mean, once he let himself in the car, I was like afraid Colson was done. But uh, he was like, I'm going to help you. Oh, what would you think of that? I just want to comment on the Raina thing first. Well, I think she's definitely 100% dead because she's going to be on AMC's Preacher, which is um, slash DC slash vertical title. And I think and she's going to be a series regular. So one. I know how much time she's going to have for S.H.I.E.L.D. anymore, but also because it's a nano-combo company, sometimes sometimes you can get away with that, you know, an actor being on two things at the same time. Uh, although I would not be surprised if we will actually start seeing less and less of Dominic Cooper on, like, we may, name, we may not even see him at all on Agent Carter Season 2 because of his commitment now to Preacher because he's the main lead. So I think Reyna is dead, and um, and I think she's kind of served her purpose. And she, it was great that she got to die a hero because there's always been this discussion of, well, is she a hero or a villain? And she got to she got to choose. You know, no, no one else got to choose for her. She decided on her own, I'm going to die a hero and sacrifice myself so Sky can really lead these people. Um, but going to the original question, um, I'm not surprised that Cal actually, you know, bought into, you know, he, he, the things that Colson was telling him that he kind of like followed through and so on, because I think he was also tired of all the destruction, all the war going on around Daisy and himself. And I think he was just, you know, let's just end this shit already because it's like, it's, you know, we're, I'm not getting to, I, I'm not getting to be with my daughter at all. Jai Jing is just, you know, she's just causing a war that doesn't need to be caused because, you know, we have, we, I have what I want. I have Daisy back in my life and she's starting to accept me. Why do we need to fight Shield when all I really want to do is just trying, you know, compromise and stuff like that? So I, I like, you know, Col and that's the kind of character that Colson is. Colson is the character that will, you know, he, you know, you may you may have decided completely that no, I'm not going to do this at all. But Colson is the kind of per he's persuasive, but also in a good way. He will never corrupt you. He will never trick you into anything. And he made a good decision of getting Cal to understand that this needs to end already. Now, I I, I thought it was interesting that uh, I, I thought it was really cool that he flipped a switch right there and and he decided to join Colson and to take down Jaying. And and ultimately we saw him kill her and. I, I thought it was an interesting twist for his character because of what we had seen him go through the entire uh, seat. Well, since his inclusion into the series, um, Lauren, what did you think of of that, and and then how they ended up, uh, I guess, erasing his memory? I mean, like when they had that scene at the end when Sky visited him, and and he was just like, "Oh, hi, that's a nice name, Daisy," and just just it was just. Not obviously it wasn't the cow that we had seen. It was somebody else, you know, in terms of just uh, memory. Uh, what did you think of how that all played out and how we saw them uh, talk talk to each other at the end of the show? You know, Cal Cal is definitely the surprise of the season for me. I remember thinking, okay, we're going into the second season. We're going to meet Sky's dad. I don't really know anything about him. You know, we got to see his hand all bloody at the very last scene of season one. And so 
that that set a very ominous tone to whoever this person was going to be. And then they announced that Kyle MacLachlan was going to play him. And I've always liked Kyle MacLachlan. I loved him in Dune, and I've loved him in a lot of projects since then. And then when we were introduced to him, he was really violent, and he was a loose cannon, and he was not a safe person. And I remember in the the mid-season finale you know, Ward kidnaps Skye and brings her to Cal. And the whole time, you just keep thinking, this is not the reunion that that Skye wanted. Like, how disappointing for her that she finally meets her dad and he's a monster. And oh, by the way, not only am I a monster, but your mom, yeah, like she was killed by a monster. um, And she's completely dead. And so that was really heartbreaking for me to watch Skye, like meet one of her parents and to have him not be a safe person. And then in this season, you kind of see his loyalties shift a lot like Reyna shift back and forth. He hates Coulson. He doesn't hate Coulson. He's with the inhumans, but the inhumans don't want him. And then just to see him in this episode, really come to a place where Andy, like what you're saying too about Reyna, where he gets to choose what side he wants to fight on. And it's like underneath all that, that Mr. Hyde underneath all the anger and, just the grief over what happened, his wife and losing Daisy. He finally, like the real cow got to come out. And like you're saying, Colson got to talk him down into that place. And I cried in that scene when he was pressed up against the car. And when Colson was like, this really isn't you, is it? This was Jaying the whole time. You've been killing for her. You've, you know, we think that you've been the monster, but really it was Jaying and she was just using you. And that's like, it's as if Cal had all these like masks on and in that moment they all came off and you actually got to see Cal for who he was. And I loved that. And I loved that he got to be a hero too. And it's bittersweet that they put him through the Tahiti project, but I think it's for the best because he like, so he doesn't have to live with all the pain and all the shame of all the people that he's killed. He gets a clean slate. He gets to start over and then hopefully, maybe in a later season, Daisy can somehow they can somehow explain to him how he's her dad, and that'll be a really cool moment if it works out that way. Now, um, you know, we've talked a lot here about uh, characters that are evil uh, at uh, whether it's it's you know an up and down arc or they're just straight evil the whole time. You know, we've talked about this with Malcolm Merlin on Arrow. Uh, you know, Grant Ward on Shield. Uh, Amy, do you think uh, this is a thing where do you buy um, him switching so easily or his roller coaster emotional ride here where he was kind of forgiven, I guess you could say, um, because of what he did to help Sky? Uh, Did you buy that completely? Yes. I, I think that I think everything that happened with Cal made sense. Um, I think ultimately he was going to do whatever he could to protect Sky, and at this moment, the biggest threat to Sky was her own mom, and that's terrifying. And um, I think that that Cal, looking back, saw what he did, and you know, is seeing what Jaying was doing to to Sky and forcing her ultimately to leave behind a family which she has already had the, the reality is cal wants sky to be happy and he wants her to have a family and he was never able to be there for her 
he wants to, and he, you know, he, he tried to, they had that family dinner, they tried to be a family, but Cal realized that ultimately he was not going to be able to create that perfect family for Sky. but it hit him that he didn't necessarily need to because she has a family with S.H.I.E.L.D. and her mother is threatening to take away that family from her. And so to me, his, it doesn't feel like a reversal. It felt organic that he would do whatever it takes to protect his daughter and give her the best possible future. And in this case, the best possible future was working with S.H.I.E.L.D. and killing Ying so that he could let Sky continue to be with the family who has protected her and ultimately who loves her. And, you know, a lot of it has to do with Coulson and how much he really does care for Sky. And Cal saw that. He has consistently seen how far Coulson is willing to go to protect Sky. And I think that that Cal realized Coulson is able to be the father that he never could have been. And ultimately, that's all he wants for Sky is to be happy and to have a family. And so he was, you know, I, to me, this felt, yeah, entirely organic and correct and natural that he would do whatever is necessary to give Sky the best possible future with a loving family. Now, staying with the theme of the uh, uh, this kind of character development, uh, Andy, can we just... I mean, Grant's just bad guy all the way to the max, right? I mean, after up. What, yeah, I mean, what he did to Bobby, um, he's trying to, it seems like he's trying to reassemble Hydra now uh, after playing solo. <laughs> he wants a team that. now. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of, of him throughout the this season finale? Um, he had, obviously, he had his own plans. It was to uh, force Bobby to apologize. I mean, what did you think of, of him trying to get that? Out of Barb, out of Bobby for um, Agent Thirty Three. That first of all, Agent Thirty Three was so unnecessary in this finale. I will tell you this. Okay, I get her problems with Bobby, but from a creative standpoint, this was not the time to unleash this teapot off. You know, well, I want an apology. It's like you know, it's like we're not, we don't have time for Jerry Springer shit here right now. So the thing for me was just she was so annoying, and I felt I like Ward, but they like. They wasted him this season, and I, I'm looking forward to see now he's essentially going to be like a big bad next season, but it was they didn't use him very well in this finale. And I, so I, and you know, the only good parts to come out of this was just seeing Mockingbird being Mockingbird. Like that fight between, you know, when her against um, Aiden Pretty Free and, um, and Ward was some of the best fights I've seen this whole season on television. Like, you know, Arrow fans will hate me, for, but you know, Shield has been kind of kicking more ass in the action department, you know, at least the second half of the season. And it's like, like first you had, um, I will take girls and guys, see if you agree with me. This Chloe Bennett is th- the show Stephen Amell. This woman can do like she's the you know she she's one of the people that you least expect that you, she, you know her character would go so quickly to being such a badass, but like she is doing all sorts of fighting techniques and it's like you know I know we have Mingna Wen and you know we have Adrian Palicki, but like Chloe Bennett does it in such a different way of learning and kind of like demonstrating what she has learned that it's just like like if. I will say this: If anyone from the cast of Shield went up against Stephen Mel's era, I I think Sky, without her powers, would stand a pretty good shot. Actually, at this point. Yeah, I could see that. Um, 
that'd be that'd be an interesting fight now. Now it's like running in my now that now you got that in my head. Um, but I, I think what I've enjoyed about that the most is the fact that it's not something I expected out of her character. You know, when she when she's introduced, she's this hacker girl that wants to join Shield or not exactly join Shield, but she's a part of them. And it's you know each character in the very beginning, um, you know what their what their part is in this in the group. And I didn't. It's, it's not something I necessarily expected, uh, but I'm enjoying watching her growth and especially watching her harness her powers and just really become like a badass. Like she just like the fight scenes were so well done with her, and she makes it look so easy when she does it too. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, maybe it's just a, it's a sign of that she's just very good at at learning um, the choreography of the fighting. Like it's just she does it so well and with such ease and and. Sticking with the fighting, we had a lot of fights in this season finale. You know, you had Sky versus May very briefly. You had Sky taking on four different Inhumans. Uh, you had Bobby versus Ward. Uh, Sky versus Lincoln. Uh, well, kind of. Uh, I mean, Lauren, if you had to pick a favorite one, which one would be your favorite? Just from the finale? Yeah. Um, Ward and Mord and Bobby. Yep. I, I mean, that. they were throwing each other through windows and walls, and it was probably one of the most, probably one of the best choreographed scenes, I think, of all two seasons. Agreed. It was really good. And I want to give a shout out to the, the stunt choreographer on S.H.I.E.L.D. His name is Matt Mullins. You guys can tweet him and tell him how much you liked it. Uh, Side Swipe Matt is his Twitter. <laughs> I love that. You know, the uh, of the fight scenes, though, I think that was my favorite choreography-wise. Um, but then there was the whole freaking slow-mo kicking all the gingers in the butt <laughs> with Sky scene. And that was really cool. I was like, they're doing another freaking one-shot. And then they zoom and they do slow-mo. And I'm sitting there going, this is so cool. Um, <laughs> so that was really cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was that was very cool. I really, I think that was my favorite. What was yours, Pete? I, I I almost like that that one. I, you know, I I agree that with Lauren. That was the the Bobby versus Ward one. Probably was my favorite, but I would say a close second had to be how uh, the Sky versus the Gingers because that was just <laughs> see, you got me saying it now. Um, <laughs> I like it. Yeah. So and I I thought that was really cool because they had the up close shots and it it almost felt like. Like a video game when it's like mm-hmm. first person, you're just you're you're like right there, and I love shots like that because, especially when they're well executed like that, because it makes you feel like you're there. Um, and to me, that just added a whole level of of excitement. Um, Amy, what did you think of uh, Mac uh, coming in to help after he was so reluctant to join Coulson? Um, I think Mac is the character who's ultimately going to do the right thing. I think he's one of the few who I. I get his motives completely. And I think his main motive is to do the right thing. He's, he's a character who is going to do what his conscience at the end of the day will allow, have allowed him to do. He is not going to live his life wondering if he chose wrong. He's a character who is always going to do what he believes is right. And at the end of the day, he's going to sleep more soundly than a lot of the other characters. And that, I really respected that. And I, I, I really respect Mac in general. And someone mentioned on Twitter today, and I honestly don't remember who it was, um, who mentioned that Mac has had some of the best dialogue this season. And I think 
he's exactly right. Because I think Mac does touch on a lot of the moral ambiguity that most of these characters are used to facing. Um, look at what Bobby did. She was like, I had to sacrifice you, Agent 33, for the sake of the others. And I, my conscience is clear. But ultimately, I think Bobby, she still feels that. She still knows what she was doing was wrong. Um, on some, you know, it, it, well, she 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 was doing what was right, but it still sacrificed lives. Um, and you know, every I feel like everybody else fits Simmons, um, May, Coulson, I, I, the entire team in Sky. They have all faced moments where they cross or touch. The, the lines of what's ethically and morally correct. And I feel like Mac is a character who's so 100% confident in his personal lines that he is always going to do what he feels is right. And very often it is what I think us as the audience knows is right. Even if we know we're like, but we love Coulson, you know, we want you to be friends with him. We know that he's got a very good point. He says, this is too much power. And he's very, gosh, he's, very similar to Captain America, actually. If you look at it, um, their their moral lines are pretty in you know in parallel with each other. So Mac is who knows, perhaps somewhat worthy. You know, um, oh good, sorry. No, that's 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 kind of I. So I I think Mac Mac is probably the most moral unambiguous character, as in he knows his lines, he knows his limits, and he knows what is right. Now, I, I wanted to ask you, Andy, uh, something I noticed, I, I thought it was actually a very cool um, a choice that they'd made in the, um, creatively. When uh, Hunter's trying to save Bobby and she's tied up to the chair, he, you know, he opens the door and the, you know, they obviously set the gun up to shoot her if the, somebody comes in. And then, all, and then on the other side, you had Ward shooting Agent 33 who was had the same face as May, and I thought that was a very interesting parallel. What did you think of that scene? Um, what I like that that uh, May was able to trick um, Agent Thirty Three, and, uh, and that uh, it um, ended up being so it was so dramatic because, like you know, when the minute Ward saw you know, quote unquote May, like he was just like. He didn't. He just like looked so happy, just like I'm finally gonna kill you, and then poop, 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 and then she, she's like, no, but it's not May. Um, so I, you know, it was. I would say this: this finale had a lot of good intensity to it, which you know, you don't always succeed within with every with every two hours finales. So uh, no, I think they. It, it was it was in the entertainment and you you may, you definitely like you were sitting on the edge of your seat t- trying to think you know what's what's gonna happen like who's gonna, you know, what's going on like who, who will die who will not die and and all that. Pete, I have to say that that moment was probably one of the most emotional moments for me mm-hmm. in this entire season, if not the series. Bobby and Hunter's relationship was is just to me feels so grounded in in reality and truth and you knew that she was going to do everything she could to save hunter when she heard him coming and she starts crying and she knows that he's going to walk through that door and you you know that she's going to do whatever she can to protect him and there's no way i mean yes she's skilled 
but she could very easily have not put her shoulder in the way it could have been her head. She could have killed, she, she could have sacrificed herself in that instant and she would have for Hunter. And that moment where he's trying to rescue her and she's doing everything she can to rescue him paralleled with this, what to me feels very superficial relationship between Ward and Agent 33, um, which it, it, you look at it at the end of the episode and you go, oh, okay, so maybe Ward actually did really care for this woman, but maybe that was just because he felt like he needed someone to care for and he grasped onto the idea of being in love, whereas Bobby and Hunter are 100% truly in love. And that entire sequence, that was just absolutely superb and that was one of my favorite moments in the entire series to date um and you know what made it even worse i so i watched this episode this morning um and today's friday and i don't know when they came out with the whole mocking jay is not happening thing but Mock, i'm like crap i'm like they're gonna uh, the spinoff they're not doing it because they decided to kill bobby <laughs> and so i'm sitting there going she's gonna die she's gonna die she's gonna die oh this is it this is it and then 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 and then that whole thing happened and it's just honestly one of the best moments and a great parallel between true love and what in my mind is the idea of true love and we see that a lot in different shows you know people i grasp onto the idea of happiness or the idea of being in love and i think ward grasped onto the idea of having someone but i don't think he was truly in love with her whereas bobby and hunter that right there is true you know, it, it's it's true love that's what it is and you compare those two and i think it it's it's just it was so brilliantly written and i loved every second of it now, now going from what you just said, Amy, with true love to um, the ideal love to uh, maybe a first date, and I'm sure you guys know what I'm talking about, <laughs> with the very end, and that is when... Uh, I hated them so much, and freaking writer from Punching. And that is Josh Whedon to you. <laughs> and or Josh Whedon is writing. Yeah, very true. Um, but Fitz... Uh, asking Simmons to go to dinner and then just that was that was a sweet scene I thought very very well done uh didn't end the way we had hoped but uh Lauren what did you think of that okay I I don't always ship characters on shows honestly it just depends on the show um and, and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. isn't really a big shippy show at all but I love Fitzsimmons I think I think they are the haves to each other's whole. I think they complete each other. I they even I, came with a shipper name. I know they they came with a shipper name. They were introduced as Fitzsimmons. <laughs> um, their whole arc has been so heartbreaking to me this season. And they, if they are not end game shipping, like I will be so disappointed because I just I think they'd be amazing together. And so I love that Gemma finally came around and was like, you know what, Fitz. Can we talk about what happened uh, when we were at the bottom of the ocean? And Fitz was like, "You want to do this now? <laughs> we, you know, we we have a war to to figure out here." So, I love that Gemma came around, and I love that 
he was trying to ask her out to dinner and I love that she said yes, but dear God, people, why did she have to get sucked into that thing? <laughs> I was reading an article about it, you know, and I want to be a writer, so I have mad respect for TV writers, but still, this is like a shake my fist at you, just, you know, moment of, oh, let's just throw in this clever little plot device of somebody disappearing and, oh, let's just make it Gemma because she's the one person that we that we want to see go out with fit. So it was heartbreaking and I don't like that they made that decision, but I'm pretty sure she's not dead. She just gets sucked into some kind of Cree portal thing. And that'll probably be the mystery for the first half of season three. I, I want to ask you guys and I'll um, start with you, Andy. Uh, and I want to get both your guys' opinion on this. Um, with inhuman, with, with Marvel actually coming out with an inhumans movie, but you know, there was news that came out recently that they actually are trying to keep S.H.I.E.L.D. kind of far from the MCU. I thought that was interesting. Do you think this will connect in some way with Inhumans? With them, kept, they kept saying, well, Sky's supposed to be the real leader of the Inhumans. And I, I mean, with them saying all that about keeping the distance, do you think that they actually will? Um, or do you think it actually will connect at some point? Oh, it will totally connect. I think what they're tr- just trying to do is because it's so many years away, I think they're just trying to um, avoid, uh, like they're trying, you know, they're just trying to, you know, focus on what's going on right now in the current phase. It's just, it's going to happen. They have to, if they don't, then Marvel Studios will be seen as idiots because of course you need to acknowledge somewhat of the events of S.H.I.E.L.D. that has been introduced in humans in the Inhumans movie because, you know, Right now, there's a bunch of fish oil pills and uh, and water supplies that has the the mist inside of it. You know, people are gonna. You know, we're probably gonna see a lot of death uh, reports in the se- in season three. We're gonna see probably a lot of people being activated as inhumans and whatnot because it's gonna now go all over the world if you think about it. And so no no no. What whatever's going on right now with Marvel, they're just being they're just being morons. They're just trying to throw us for a loop. It's everything is in the same universe, and of course. With something like S.H.I.E.L.D. introducing the concept of Inhumans, they are going to have to acknowledge them. Now, that doesn't mean that we may... Hopefully, we will see Sky in the movie, maybe as a cameo or a minor character or whatnot, because they're probably going to focus more on the royal family. But if, Kev- if Kevin Feige is smart, he's going to make sure... Because he decided that they were going to be introduced on the show. He get- specifically told the producers, yeah, you're allowed to introduce the Inhumans, a major concept for the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Onto your show, so I think that th- th- there's going to be acknowledgement. There's probably not going to be th- that many mentions of you know Shield versus Inhumans, but there's probably going to be references in some capacity. So I I don't think we need to worry about it right now. I think just right right now, Marvel Studios is they're tr- you know <clears throat> any publicity is good publicity. So all this drama that is going on right now is um, they're not too worried about it. Uh, Lauren. Um, I think it'll definitely tie in. I think because the movie is so far out, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has a good, what, four years to build up this Inhumans plotline before the big reveal of the royal family in the Inhumans, like Black Bull and Medusa. So I think they made a very strategic choice. And and a lot of people say this, and I kind of believe it. You know, Marvel can't talk about mutants. So how can they put powered people on their shows 
without talking about mutants. Oh, well, let's just do Inhumans. And so I think it's really cool that people are going to be activated by eating the fish pills next season. And so S.H.I.E.L.D. now has a whole, they have a whole new trajectory for next season. Like Coulson's plan and, and Daisy's secret group is going to be, you know, finding people that have been exposed to the mist, explaining to them what's going on, and then letting them choose. Do you want to come work with us at S.H.I.E.L.D. and get trained and be like a secret warrior, secret Avenger with Daisy? Or do you just want to live your life, you know, off the grid? I mean, they probably will index them. But I think it's a super clever way to show powers because, you know, they can't use mutants and they're not like the flash they don't have metahumans and so it's kind of like the inhumans are the marvel cinematic universe's version of the metahumans in the dc universe and i like that because everything is better with powered people right (laughs) i couldn't agree more um amy what do you think i'm sorry i've completely i got distracted (laughs) with an interview with Stephen amell (laughs) um which actually is a re- I, well, it's a it's a discussion worthy interview. Um, what was the question? Uh, basically, um, do you think the Inhumans movie that Marvel's coming oh. out with will be connecting at some point with the show? Even though Marvel has said that they're distancing themselves with Shield from the MCU. I think that if it's connected, it's going to be. Um, a team that is created either directly under Sky's supervision or a team that is created as a result of a creation from of Sky's team created under her supervision. Does that make sense? So I think that it's, yes, it's, I mean, it's, of course it's going to be related. The question is to what degree um, I, with, with how well Chloe Bennett has been portraying Sky in addition to her, um, her character development, her story and her fighting ability, I would not put it past them to approach her to be a part of the film. I I think that that we've seen enough of her character that we as fans who watch Agents of Shield will have a great time seeing her on the big screen. But I think that it wouldn't it wouldn't be too terribly difficult to bring her in to the movie and make her appealing and interesting enough for people fans who have not seen the tv show um you know woman with basically woman with tortured past joins shield makes friends makes family has superpowers starts team saves the day like it's it's i feel like it's a it's a pretty you know obviously her story is considerably more in depth than that but i think it's something that they could portray on screen rather well um Besides, I mean, it's not like we don't know Maria Hill's backstory. We don't know um, a lot. We don't know Fury's backstory. We don't know a lot of the backstories of these main characters who have become a part of the series. So I, th- I, I would not put it past them to put Chloe Bennett on the big screen as Sky as an integral part of the Inhumans series. Movie. So, oh, sorry. Um, Inhuman movie, movie, movie. Say it again, Amy. Inhuman movie. Oh. I said series. I meant movie. Gotcha. Um, <sighs> Coffee. Now, is is it me or uh, are they literally trying to have Coulson follow in the footsteps to Nick Fury? You know, because you got Fury missing an eye. Now you got Coulson missing an arm. Uh, He's trying to be Luke Skywalker. <laughs> That's what I thought right away. I was going, oh, the force is strong with Mac. <laughs> the Lola is strong. 
Yeah, it, it was. Yeah, uh, and Sky's mom was like, "Join me, and together we will rule the galaxy." <laughs> <laughs> no, don't tell it. Don't make it be true. Cool artificial arm. Let's be real. Colson is gonna have a super awesome. Like, like, uh, like Simmons lock arm. I was going to say he's, Simmons created he's gonna an meet, arm, but, you know. He's going to meet Winter Soldier and be like, hey, I want an arm with a star <laughs> on it, too. Oh, my God. He's going to be so excited. He'll be like, Cap's best friend had, had a fake arm. Had and a I fake, fake arm. arm. And, and, Lucky like, had a fake arm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still he's shipping gonna... Cap. I'm still shipping Cap and Colston. I don't care what anyone says. <laughs> There's a lot of people who agree with you. Just check Tumblr. <laughs> no, no, I don't. I don't want. I don't watch Tumblr. It's illicit. Uh, people are scaring the shit out of me over there. Um, <laughs> it's so crazy comparison. the fact that Colson lost a hand because okay, this is this was my train of thought. Can I just play this out for you guys? Sure. Colson catches the Terrigen crystal, and it starts to affect him. And I have been wondering for a long time if Colson was ever exposed to the mist, would he transform? Because he has GH325 in his blood. And so I was like, oh, he's going to crystallize his whole body. And then he's going to come out and he's going to have powers. And then Mac cut off his hand. That was like that the was craziest, cr- creepiest thing I have ever crystallize? seen. Crystallize? Is that, that what they're calling crystallize his bo- Like, Is that what their bodies became like? So I thought he was like you know, mud or dirt or something like that. I didn't know what to call it in the the winter finale. Yeah, if you're an inhuman, you go into like a cocoon, kind of like a caterpillar goes into a cocoon, and then underneath you, you like go through anamorphous, like a butterfly, and then you come out different. Yeah, I wanted him to turn. I I was the exact same way. I was like, oh my God, oh my God, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Is he going to turn into an inhuman? And then slice. (laughs) Well, I think we all know it's cold in it. We, I think we all know that Colson is, will and always will be, you know, just human because I think a lot of people misunderstood the whole GH325 serum is that it only healed him. I don't think it really merged with his DNA or anything like that. that that's why, why that's why Gonzalez was such a fuckhead because he was like, well, he's a threat now. He, you know, we need, you know, he's different. It's like, no, you, you old goose. He, he, he's, he was healed. That's it. Well, All of it, the blood went into his system and it healed him. And now, like, his, like, Simmons has said it before, his results are still normal. Well, yeah, his, his cells are normal, That's but true. his mind changed. I just, uh, I think I would have liked yeah. to have seen him with powers, but I totally it's, hear you. He would have ruined his character if he had powers. Right. And now he doesn't have powers and now he doesn't have a hand. And that was so funny how, how Sky had to drive Lola because Coulson doesn't have a driving <laughs> hand. <laughs> Oh, no, that was funny. That was funny. But um, no, that was it. It was I thought that was really cool. But I was more like I think Amy said earlier, like I was thinking of Star Wars. Um, But, uh, you know, they can get away with that now since it's all under the same umbrella. Uh, Now, I wanted to ask you guys real quick before we wrap up. um, What were you guys' thoughts on the overall season? And um, yeah, just if you were to if you were talking to a friend who had never seen S.H.I.E.L.D. before, uh, how would you quickly sell it to them, Lauren? Lots of action, lots of drama, lots of potential for powered people moments. Um, I think I had a really hard time with this season. I mean, I'm a diehard Marvel fan. I'll probably watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. forever. But I had a hard time with it because... If you look back at season one, they had the bus, they had their team, they 
there was there was sunshine in some episodes when they would go on a mission and i liked that it felt it felt like a safe place to be with these characters and yeah sometimes they got into peril gemma had to jump off the plane so it's not like they were safe all the time but i liked that sense of family they did not have that this season at all and it's always hard for me as a viewer to watch a show that does a complete 180 from one season to the next um, um. Like Arrow's a really good example of that. Season one and season two was pretty much the same structure in the Arrow Cave, but the season completely blew that up. And I had a hard time with that because I, I get emotionally attached to these people and I want to see family, you know? And so Shield this season goes so disjointed and just all over the place and you didn't know who you could trust and May and Colson were fighting and then Bobby was betraying people and that part was very difficult for me. And I hope in season three, it goes back to a little more of that family style solving problems together, as opposed to them being against each other. But other than that, I thought it was a really intense season. Like anybody who complained about season one being boring, they can't complain <laughs> about that this season because this season way upped just the drama and the intensity. Can I ask you follow-up question to that lauren yeah um shield season two versus era season three which one was more enjoyable and better uh honestly i didn't really enjoy either of them as much as previous seasons because for that same reason because i felt like it lost a sense of community because because they were all against each other season three of arrow had the team not always happy with each other, just like season two of S.H.I.E.L.D. had the team not happy with each other. So it's hard so, to say. So here, um, he, I, I completely disagree. This is really interesting because Lauren and I almost entirely agree on everything. They um, really do. I, 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 I <laughs> we tweet the same things at the same time. It's freaky. I actually thought that the the disjointed aspect of it to me felt very natural given what had happened in the winter soldier. And I actually thought it created a phenomenal story. Um, I, you know, there was definitely that difference between season one and season two um, that Lauren's describing that kind of difference between almost a procedural like family time storytelling and this season where it was much less procedural. I, there was barely any, procedural episodes and by procedural i mean you know like a like a crime scene episode you have a baddie you fight the baddie you defeat the baddie my ends to the rest of the season but this season everything flowed as a consistent storyline and i actually really liked that i liked the characters i liked not knowing who you could trust i liked seeing them go through all of these difficult things um i actually i think that season two of shield was some of the best television that i've seen in a very long time definitely better than season one for me infinitely better than arrow this season um to a certain extent um there are there are there are many things on arrow that i was really happy about this season but there were a lot more th there, there were just as many things that frustrated me about arrow this season whereas i look at shield and i can't put my finger on something that actually truly frustrated me um, so I, I enjoyed that disjointed aspect because I felt that it it wouldn't have made sense if they kept up the family style, um, given what had happened on the Winter Soldier. And the and I liked time that, slot. Yeah, and I liked that we tackled 
the issues um, that are now facing those shield agents. And, you know, Lauren's right. It kind of became, it kind of went from agents of shield to agents of not shield. And that was that, you know, that's certainly difficult to watch, but as, as me, as a, as a character fan, as was, I watched the, you know, I, I'm, I watch shows largely cause I like seeing the character growth. I thought it was fascinating to watch all of the characters go through the arcs that they did this season. I enjoyed meeting Bobby. I enjoyed meeting Hunter. Um, I enjoyed their story. I really, you know, trip and Mac and getting to know everybody and seeing the struggles that they went through and seeing them come up on top of it for the most part. Um, for me, it was very enjoyable. So I actually, I, I, I really enjoyed that aspect of the season not being the procedural aspect because when I look back at season one, the beginning of season one, anything before that Winter Soldier tie-in to me was just, it was good, but it wasn't great. And I feel like since Winter Soldier and especially in season two, everything that happened for me was just absolutely astounding and phenomenal in the best way. So I was so impressed with season two and I hope that they keep it up but I think Lauren's right I think we're going to get back to some of that family-esque procedural style but I don't think we are entirely because the reality is ratings wise and fan acceptance wise it didn't work at the beginning of season one um I you know obviously it was a good show but I don't think it really found its footing until it it it, it hit that winter soldier aspect so I thought that was the best part of the season, actually, was getting all the different sides. Um, this is so weird. <laughs> Lauren and I never disagree. <laughs> but it's, you know, it's, it's, I, it's, I, it's, it's, it's a good dis- conversation. In the force. There's a disturbance in the force when they don't agree on something. <laughs> I'm, I'm, tru- I'm truly we, terrified now. But we both want to see where it goes in season three, and we both kind of have the same idea of where we want it to end up in season three. Um, yeah, I would say, like... In terms of what Amy is saying, I would like to see a middle ground. So I liked the massive arc that they did. I they don't need to do procedural stuff. I just like it when they're on the same team and like everyone's loyalties are in place. And so hopefully we see a really good arc next season, but a little more of that family. That's and I think I I think we will because I think now we've gone through. You have to go through to quote arrow you have to go through the crucible to come out stronger on the other side and i think that they have now and they've all gone through their major troubles and now i think they're going to come back together we've gotten rid of the weird shield twin thing that was going on um and now we have i think we've we've recreated and established a new shield and so season one is agents of shield season two is agents of kind of sort of maybe ish the fall of shield the fall of shield and now so season three would be the rise of the new shield. And so I think that's, I think that's where we're going. And I think they had to go through what they went through this season and everything that they went through in their loyalty testings and the backstories yeah. and everything that, that they went through in their character arcs so that they can create a new, better shield and a better world. Well said. Uh, Andy, did you want to add a, uh... Real quickly, what I would, the, the thoughts? Uh, about the finale or just the whole season? I will say this: this season has had a, a lot of strong points. There's been a lot of things that I haven't liked, but it, it, it I've ha- I, I hated to love those things like Gonzalo, the whole anti-shield thing, and uh, and whatnot because there's been so much character development. There had no one was left out really. Uh, it wasn't like they took you know one of the main characters and then hooked it up with some blonde IT girl and then threw everyone under the bus. I have no idea who I'm referring to. Uh, <laughs> oh, the bus is dead. Oh my God, poor May. Um, and 
so I like that everyone had their own arc. Okay, do I like that Simmons became so xenophobic? No, but I hated to love that. I love to hate that because it was, you know, it's good television. And I think that in terms of a team, it works so well. One of my favorite parts of the finale that I think is going to be an essential part of season three is the Secret Warriors. And, you know, if it was up to me, I would, I would soft reboot this, show, this TV show into Marvel's Secret Warriors uh, and make it not so much about S.H.I.E.L.D. anymore, but more like... Because, look, people... I've said this before to a lot of people. Like the reason I am happy that she that she been up didn't get picked up was one because Agent Fucking Carter deserved a second season. Two, Shield is not. Here's the thing: Shield was not the best idea as their first TV show. It's it's doing decent because of a rabid fan base, but you need to put out superhero TV shows. And like, look at what Daredevil did, and it was successful. So I feel that with Secret Wars, you need to kind of. They're not. They're never gonna create Secret Avengers on television because they're probably gonna want to use that name as a title for a film and make more money out of that. But Secret Wars is kind of like almost the same thing, uh, but just with a different name. But it's also because it is something in the comic book. Sky slash Daisy, she is the leader of the Secret Warriors. So I and I've always said they should always adapt Secret Warriors. So that's what I took took away from this finale. I'm looking forward to see. Hopefully, you know, look. They can. They should do what DC is doing, like on Air and the Flash. Start, start utilizing your Marvel library. That look, Kevin Feige, you're not going to use every fucking character in the in the Marvel Comics universe. So you know, for example, characters like Mockingbird, instead of establishing her in a minor role in the Marvel film, they made her a full fledged character on Shield, and they should try and do that with more characters because. I never want to see the show go back to procedural. I despise it so much. Serialized is what's working. Look, they, you know, even normal procedural shows are starting to end. You know, they didn't see aside just getting canceled the other day, and they're going to their final season and whatnot. It's they they need to do more superhero centric shows, and I feel with Secret Warriors, that can work almost better. Now, what is what is it gonna what's Who's going to be their villain and whatnot? That's a discussion for another day. But I felt that the Secret Wars thing is something that can potentially, you know, because critically, Shield has been been getting a lot of praise this season. It's the ratings that kind of needs to start going up. But if you start to pitch that Shield is becoming the superhero show as well, then I think you're going to have a good chance of getting a lot more audience back and you know, people really seeing what what we we Shield fans. Are appreciating with the, with Shield as it is right now because look, Coulson is one motherfucking awesome character, as well as Melinda Main, all these other people. Just try to put the the cinematic universe is known for superheroes; they're not known for Shield. So try and you know use that bank that card that card card to bank on it a little bit. Well said, Andy. Well said. Um, you, you didn't listen to the word I said, did you? <laughs> no, I did. I did. <laughs> I did. No, I love Coulson. I think he's a good character. Um, and I, I agree that they should start using um, their, more of their stable. And I, I hope they do. I mean, I hope they follow in the – well, not follow in the footsteps, but take a cue from CW and, and, or WB and how they're developing their, their separate Well, look te- what they did with Reina. Reina was this minor, minor character from the comic book. Yeah. She was this mutant, and they made her into something more – to one of the most philosophical and, you know, intriguing characters of, you know, the Marvel Cinematic Universe because you never knew where to stand with her. Mm-hmm. No, just, I, a minor, like, yeah. just, just a minor character. No one knew about who Reyna was. No, I, I totally agree. And, and it's, it's – I would have – I think I would have liked to – I did kind of – sure, character did kind of grow on me as the season went on. 
Um, so it's a shame we don't get to see more of her. But, you know, who knows? Like we always say in comic book world, no character is really dead. Uh, so that's going to do our do it for our season finale recap of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, everybody, uh, Lauren, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you at? You guys can find me on Twitter, Lauren underscore Galloway. You can also find me contributing and producing to Assembly of Geeks on Twitter is Geeks Assemble. And we just launched a really awesome new show called Comic Book Noob. So for anyone who's listening, you know, you might like Arrow, you might like S.H.I.E.L.D., you might really have enjoyed seeing Avengers Age of Ultron, but maybe you've never read the comics. This is a show for you. It's a show for somebody who likes these characters but doesn't really know their comic backstory and so you guys can find that podcast we just discussed ultron and we discussed the vision on itunes and stitcher or on assemblyofgeeks.com awesome uh amy you guys can find me at twitter and instagram at amy underscore marie 97 you can find me also hosting um assembly of geeks with scott and jeff and lauren Uh, And I will be on the Flash podcast this week for the finale. And I will also, actually, all three of us, Lauren, Andy, and I will be doing um, the DC TV cancer fundraiser tomorrow, which is, the way I said that makes it sound like we're raising funds for cancer. No, (laughs) we're not raising funds for cancer. We're raising funds to kick cancer in the ass. That is tomorrow, and the three of us will actually be on for the Flash podcast segment from about 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. You can learn more. You can follow I, Lauren, me, Andy, the Flash podcast. We've been tweeting about it all the time. But basically, it's dctvpodcast.com slash fundraiser, and you can donate, join in. Uh, we will be on live tomorrow, so if you enjoy uh, the shenanigans and the discussions that we get into here... Uh, tune in for us to babble coherently about the flash. Awesome. Thanks, Amy. Uh, and Andy. Well, yeah, like uh, like the girl said, we will be doing the DC TV podcast uh, cancer fundraiser tomorrow with uh, our uh, our podcast, uh, Letters of Gotham, Quiver, the Green Arrow podcast, Supergirl Radio, uh, and the Flash podcast, of course. And uh, we're going to be doing a, a long live marathon on Mixler.com slash DC TV podcast, a very accessible and easy so- um, app to use on your phone or your Android. Or you can use it on your desktop, too, of course. Um, so, you know, tune in. Make sure to donate at dctvpodcast.com slash fundraiser. Um, like the girls said, you can find uh, Lauren, me, and Amy, as well as uh, Scott all over the Flash podcast. Don't miss the season of The Flash next week, uh, 8% on the CW. Uh, also, just wanted to give a little plug of uh, a new show we just launched um, just um, the other day, actually yesterday, um, The Letters of Tomorrow podcast, which will um, is, which is part of the DCTV podcast family, of course. Uh, they will not be part of the f- fundraiser of Event because uh, with you know when we announced the event uh, the the, part, the podcast hasn't hadn't been launched yet so um, but they're hopefully going to be part of uh, the next event um, but you can find it at legends underscore podcast uh, and on their web on their website legends of tomorrow podcast.com as well as on facebook.com slash legends of tomorrow podcast that podcast will be kicking off soon in May. With uh, the three legendary hosts, uh, Greg Katzman, Tony Kim, and Cat uh, Kalamia. So tune in. It's uh, uh, you know the Just League of the Just League of Podcasting is right around the corner. <laughs> well, thank you for that, Andy. And again, thank you all for doing this. Uh, this was a lot of fun. Um, 
we were uh, very ambitious today in doing our uh, season finale recaps, but we really wanted to talk, touch on as, as much as we, we could, more than we normally do on TV talk. So this is kind of an extension of that. Um, so that is going to do it for our show. Uh, I'm Pacing Pete. You can find me on Twitter at Pacing Pete. You can find Cena Nerd on Twitter at Cena Nerd. Facebook, iTunes. Uh, let us know uh, what else you watch. What do you want to hear us talk about? And uh, we'll do our best to accommodate you. Uh, Till next time, uh, we'll see you soon. Bye, 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 bye. <laughs> well done, I was going to say it. I was, I was literally taking a breath in to be like, I'm going to be Casey. <laughs>